Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations. My name is Mary Arnold and I am so honored that I get to sit with my friend Crinky Chambers today as we talk about a tender testimony. And I pray, audience, that you would be able to hear this in its fullness. We are praying that the Holy Spirit would go before Crinky. And if there is anybody in here who identifies to her testimony, we pray you walk away with hope. So let's get started. And I'm going to ask Crinky, will you, first of all, introduce yourself? Tell us about your family and maybe how long you've lived in Florida. Okay. My name is Crinky, and that's my mom's maiden name and my middle name. My first name is Karen, but nobody calls me that. I am married to Travis, and we've been married 20 years. We have four children, Quincy, Asa, Camp, and Everett. What awesome kid names you have. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Let's see. We have lived in St. Pete for almost five years. Um, We're actually all Floridians. We grew up in Central Florida. Wow. I don't think I knew that. Your parents live here, though, right? In Altamont Springs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then how did you and Travis come to find Faith Covenant Church? We had moved to St. Pete and actually visited probably 10 plus different churches and there was one weekend sometime in October and there were three different times where someone said you should try Faith Covenant you should try Faith Covenant you should try Faith Covenant so we are so thankful we did because it just feels like family and we've had so much growth and um, we're just so thankful I'm so glad you did too I'm so glad I just love your whole family Um, coming in. And so today, I'm going to allow you to introduce the topic that we're talking about. So um, tell us a little bit of your testimony. My testimony is about my journey to becoming alcohol-free. I hid my drinking for a long time. And I just couldn't do it anymore. So my story revolves around that. So when when did you start drinking? When I turned 21. Okay. But very strict rules. I was going to be a rule follower. Yeah. 21 was when you could. So yes. that's what I did. Yeah. I was really just told, wait until you're 21 and don't drink and drive. That's really all I knew. Okay. Um, I did the, I'd say typical college drinking. When I was a Christian, I knew it was not okay. Mm. Um, that whole, the, the fox that gets in, um, for those listening who haven't heard the freedom message, we talk about foxes are those voices that come in, they try to um, confuse us, and so it comes in, it says it's okay for a little while, and then it condemns us, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so when did you start to notice, like it went from normal, casual drinking to more than that? When my kids were three, five, seven, and nine, and I realized I was having a glass of wine every night. And I was like, hmm, I really don't want to be doing this. 
but that's when I first noticed. And I remember trying not to have a glass of wine every night, and it didn't. I wasn't able to, to not do that. What did a glass of wine do for you? It was the zoning out, relaxing. Yeah. Um, what media tells us, really, yeah. the lies, mm-hmm. the lies that media tells us that um, we deserve it, I need my t- mommy time, those kinds of things. And there was a big push. I remember this on Instagram where they kept saying mommy time and they would take pictures of the wine glasses. And what always, what I noticed was every time all the mommies had their heads thrown back in laughter and their house was perfectly clean. So they began, like everything was put together so perfectly. They were selling this image that this is normal. This is going to make you happy. This is going to help you fit this particular image. Did you see those coming through social media? Yes, it, it um, gave me permission that it was okay. Mm. Um, yeah. This is normal, and it's no big deal. Yes. Yeah, and so if Crinky today could go back and talk to Crinky, then how differently would you look at those images today? Oh, I don't even... My skin cringes when I see those images, really. I would say it's not true. You're not going to find your me time that you're wanting. You're not going to find the relaxation that you desire. You're actually pouring gasoline on a mm. on the fire. Yeah, yeah. You shared with me, and it actually Pastor Kevin shared it, but you talked about the snake. Will yes. you share that and how that relates to how you were feeling? So Pastor Kevin in a sermon shared a story about a guy who owned a pet python and everything was normal and fine and the python was its pet and friendly and loved it. But the, one day the python did what it was naturally meant to do and squeezed, squeezed the man to death. And I look back on my relationship with alcohol and see how much alcohol was squeezing out all my life and my joy and what I truly desired out of life to be carefree and relaxed but it it was never it never delivered what I thought it was promising yeah Satan loves to fascinate and then assassinate Mm -hmm. like he loves to do that so this was going on the kids were um, your youngest was three Mm -hmm. tell me when you how did you get to the place of conviction to make the change and what did that look like there was one night where i kept going back and adding just a little bit more into my cup mm-hmm. and i kept going back and i kept going back and i was like this is ridiculous i'm wanting more than i know is good for me and if i continue if i continue down this path There's nothing good. Yeah. So I quit. I was like, I'm not drinking tomorrow, right? One day at a time. Right. And about a week later, there were um, Instagram ads for a program called Sober Sis. And it said, take 21 days to evaluate 
your relationship with alcohol. It wasn't a, here's how to quit. It's just, let's look at this. Let's see what's really going on. So I said, uh, tearfully, really, I signed up. I was so scared. I was terrified. I had used alcohol for 20 years to calm, like losing your best friend. I really felt that way. Um, I signed up and I called my mom and I said, Mom, I know you want to change your drinking habits too. Let's do this together. So I grabbed a buddy and we signed up for Sober Sis. I love that you got to do that together. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question. Was Travis, the kids, your friends, was there anybody aware of that the drinking was getting out of control? Nobody knew. Isn't that crazy? And it I totally crazy. get it. You hear that a lot when somebody struggles through an addiction is that we become masters, right, at being able to hide it and manage it. and Nobody. Yeah. So how did you tell Travis you were doing Sober Sis? Um... I think I just told him I I was at that time was not upfront about how serious I knew my problem was. I just told him I'm I'm signing up for this program and I I think I forwarded to him the emails just so he could kind of read along with me to know what I was learning. Yeah. Yeah. And so you started this 21-day journey. Cranky, what did that look like? I got an email every day. I learned so many things um, from how our our brain actually interacts with alcohol and why it causes causes depression it actually hijacks the chemicals in your brain to even feel joy anymore mm-hmm. and I wanted to feel joy and I knew that alcohol was taking that away from me when you start drinking it actually does bring a giddiness and a joy but the longer is that what you're saying the longer you do it it flips and no, yes. it takes more and more until finally it's just no longer. Yes. Yeah. In the beginning, it is fun and happy. Yeah. But at some point, it starts to change because your body is trying to keep that homeostasis. And in order to keep that, your body from ingesting the poison, yeah. it counteracts it and takes, takes over. Yeah, you were telling me some of the statistics physically that go on when you drink can you just share a few of those because it was amazing well besides that it actually causes anxiety and depression um it weakens your heart it shrinks your brain it changes your brain cells your liver actually creates a toxin when it's trying to counter out counteract the alcohol and that affects different parts of your body um it really is poisonous yeah really scary yeah well okay so you've started doing the sober sis you start practicing the habit of not drinking physically was there any withdrawal that went with that yes the first 10 days are the hardest um I wouldn't have I think it depends on how for me I didn't have severe withdrawal symptoms but you're kind of in a fog mm-hmm. of letting, for the alcohol to truly get out of your system, it takes 10 days. Okay. Okay. And then you said that there were some more things. You had accountability, and there was something else you said that really helped you. Oh, yes. So 
I told my Salt and Light group that I was starting Sober Sis, and I had two friends within that group that knew more intimately the details of my story and what was going on. And um, when you sign up for Sober Sis, they match you up with an accountability group of other women. And I was floored at how many thousands of women were just like me. Drinking too much, Mm -hmm. keeping it a secret, full of shame, wanting to do different but couldn't do it. And so we're in a group, um, you know, thousands are in it, but then you're in a small group of 10 on Marco Polo. That's great. And you just keep each other go, you keep each other going. And you're there for the hard times when you think you can't do it. I really love that. So community, because another thing the enemy loves is to put us in isolation. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to quit. But there's no accountability that comes in in isolation. So you have your salt and light Mm -hmm. um, group. You have the two women specifically. And then you have the sober cis group that's holding you accountable. But I bet you with the sober cis group, you also were part of encouraging them. It was that iron sharpening iron right Definitely. are you and still friends with them i am yes we talk almost every day um the other thing too that was helpful about the sober cis group is that everyone understood my friends that are here were loving me and praying me through it but they couldn't yeah truly relate yeah yeah um so there was another i'm going to read this verse we were talking prior to taping and um, I'm going to have Crinky share what God showed her. And then as soon as she shared it, God brought this verse to mind. So um, I'm just praying that if you're hearing Crinky's story right now, maybe it's not alcohol. Maybe it's another addiction. It's that same root that wants to pull you from joy. It's a liar, that voice. I want you to hear what she shares, but I'm going to share this verse first. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Hebrews 12, 1, and then 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That is such a powerful verse in any circumstance, but in this one. So will you share the picture that God gave you? The other day, I was just thinking of how the process of becoming alcohol-free happened, and it it's not, oh, super easy and um, quick. It was like a gold chain that had gotten really, really entangled in the really fine gold chain that you have to get out a safety pin or something to pick apart and it just takes time to it takes time and it takes gentleness and to untangle it yeah. and that's what my process felt like it was a good year year and a half to really feel like god had untangled all of the lies that alcohol was trying that alcohol deceived me. Yeah, and today, is it a temptation to ever drink secretly? No. Is it a temptation to have a drink publicly? No. No, and will you ever drink again? I don't want to. Yeah, good answer. I have no desire to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
You know, I think of, I'm thinking of that verse where it says that all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. You know, it's that's one of those moments where that just it's the profitability. Mm-hmm. It just steals. It's such a thief, right? That comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, I could. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine. I just don't want to. I yeah. know the truth too much to even want to put it in my body. Yeah. I so love that. Um, God was bringing to mind as you were just sharing this story, Crinky, that I just know people in my life that have struggled with alcoholism, drug addiction, um, and it was hidden. I had my matron of honor died. Um, I don't know what type of drug, but it was a needle in her arm. Mm -hmm. And she was a nurse. She was a professional. Um, It started with pain. And so I love that you're sharing your testimony because I just think if we could catch it before it gets to a place where there, you feel like you're surrounded and you're underwater and you can't get up, you know, God always has that hope for us. Your testimony reminds us, tell me what God did for you in this journey, because you know, you know that we talk about when you read the Bible, we go from ignorance to information and then revelation, which is like, oh, I should not uh, drink so that it becomes a, a place of excess. But then we forget that sanctification comes next, and that's the untangling of that chain. It's a lot of hard work. But if we are consistent, and like Hebrews 12, 1 said, and we're persevering, finally comes um, the freedom of sanctification into transformation, right? God has transformed me through yeah. obeying And it was not a pleasant experience for a while, but to look back on it now with freedom from that, and there's not a day that goes by that I am just not so, so thankful that I am free. Yeah. Was there a day when you were in the middle of it you couldn't imagine freedom? Definitely. Yeah. Even... Even just a year ago, I would never, I would have been too ashamed to share my story. Yeah. But I know that I relied a lot on other people sharing their stories. There's tons of Instagram accounts for uh, alcohol-free living and other people sharing their story. And those, those are inspiring. So I want to be able to share what God has done so I can inspire others that you don't have to be living in this shame cycle of I feel awful because I'm drinking so much and I'm going to drink because I'm so upset with myself and you just keep going in this awful cycle. One of the things we're right now in the middle of doing the Freedom Workshop study, and it talks about making sure we're listening to that voice. And so how do we recognize God's voice? It always lines up with Scripture. And that voice of shame is condemnation. And Scripture says, therefore, now there's no condemnation. And so we know that that's not a true voice. But boy, it feels true, doesn't it, when we're hearing it and engaging it. So, But then it says in Psalm 77, 1, um, cry out to God without holding back. Oh, that God would listen to me. So we just change our audience. And I'm thinking it's so easy when we're in addiction to hear the voice 
that is pulling us towards the object of our affection rather than the one that should be the object of our affection. I heard somebody um, talking about uh, weight loss and they were talking about like if there's a brownie in the refrigerator, the worst thing you can do is go, I'm not going to have that brownie. Ooh, I'm not going to have that brownie. That brownie's in the fr- You start mm-hmm. to like fixate, right? Mm-hmm. And instead it's that turning away from it and turning to God and letting him do what only he can do. Did you experience that in the alcohol side of things? Yes. There were so many things about alcohol, lies, that I needed to replace with truth. So um, the lie that this painful situation will be better if I have a drink needed to be replaced with, no, drinking's going to make it worse. Doesn't make the problem go away. Yeah. It's, this, is not, this is not the solution. And the lie, too, that I found myself getting most stuck in is the most unpleasant feeling that you're having right now is going to last forever. So you better have a drink so it doesn't last, so you can stop feeling this way. But in my learning about feelings, that feelings don't last forever, although the enemy was telling me that it would I was able to counteract that with truth of, yes, I feel sad right now. I feel hurt, but pouring alcohol on that is not going to fix it. Yeah. And we were talking at the beginning that sometimes it's a painful past that leads us to these places of addiction. Um, But do you feel free from not just the addiction, but from the things that got you to a place of trying to numb with alcohol? Yes, because I know that I can, I can handle it. I can deal with hard things. Yes. And I don't need alcohol in order to endure whatever hard thing comes my way. Mm. So um, as we get ready to close, if there is somebody who is listening to this message, and Cranky, they are just probably, probably tears are pouring down their face because they are relating so much with that cycle of shame, with that hiding it. Maybe there's somebody who can no longer hide it because Mm -hmm. it's gotten the best of them. What words of encouragement would you have? Where do they start? What do they do right now? You grab your closest friend and start telling. Just start telling your story. I highly recommend Sober Sis if you are a woman. If you're a man, there's a, an, a girl named Annie Grace who has the alcohol experiment. She also has a book that I highly recommend called This Naked Mind. She goes through all the lies that alcohol tries to tell us. Um, there are tons of, they call it quit lit, so um, how to quit drinking alcohol literature. And I would say that you don't have to decide that you're going to quit forever. You just need to quit for tomorrow. And then just keep deciding that tomorrow you're not going to turn to the thing that is lying to you, your enemy. Yeah. So as we close, God's bringing to mind Song of Solomon 2.15, which is a verse that we are memorizing in um, Salt and Light. It says, quick 
exclamation mark. Catch all those little foxes before they steal the fruit of your vineyard. And how do we quickly catch them? It's taking those thoughts captive. And I can't take my thoughts captive. Can you? No. No. But God can. And he is faithful. And so I pray if you are listening to this message that you would turn and cry out to God and ask him which friend he wants you to go to. Choose a friend who's going to get you to God. Choose a friend who's going to be faithful to help walk beside you through the entire journey. Cranky, if you could say something to your two accountability um, partners, what would you say to them today on this side of it? Or to your sober says friends, or to Travis, what would you say? Thank you. Thank you for just being there and listening and loving me and encouraging me while God did the work. We all need friends like that. Mm -hmm. And I know they would say how proud they are. Thank you so much for joining us today. What a tender testimony. I just pray that if you are hearing this message and it applies to you, that you are encouraged, but maybe you're listening and you know somebody walking through this, would you share the link? Because our heart is that we get others to the Father to do what only He can do. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.